0: What is up, what is going on everybody? If I was stuck on a planet, I could not think of two men. I would want to have to save me more than the two that are next to me this evening. I'm gonna talk to them on the other side of the song. Welcome back, everyone, to another new episode of The Threequel. As always, I'm one of your three co-hosts, Ethan Klein, and the guys tasked with bringing me back from this desolate planet this week. As always, Brad Miller. What up? And Mike Duranik. Hey, Ethan. Good to be here with you. Let's get this going on. We are back in person. We are recording together, huddled around a microphone, just like in the old days. We tried doing this... uh, for two episodes of the threequel and uh, I'm a dummy and I didn't have the microphone really turned on all that well so it's probably two of the least downloaded episodes of the threequel or at least listened uh, but we're back I turned the dial up we should be good to go now moving forward you guys are gonna hear these episodes over an entire month but uh, for us here in studio the studio I mean Mike's basement uh, we're gonna rack these off one right after the other all four in a row Starting with I believe Mike's pick for the month of October the Martian
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to, to talk this one with you guys uh, Almost as excited as I am that Aaron Rodgers just threw a pick six uh, in this game So good news all the way around. Let's get it started. Well, I'm not gonna be uh, too prepared for this because
2: your your phone might have auto-corrected and I thought we were supposed to watch Martin um the tv show with martin lawrence so this is going to be an interesting conversation because it's a very different show how many
1: how many seasons did you get in before you decided (laughs) that you had enough content for the podcast wait a
2: second we watch movies on this show or in this podcast and uh yeah martin lawrence uh, does not age so well
0: uh yes we do watch movies we're turning it back to 2015 i believe october of 2015 with the martian so let me ask the question that i always do gentlemen what was your first experience with the martian was it in theaters in 2015 did you catch it later uh... was this your first experience with the martian if so did you know anything about it and if you had seen it before now what did you bring into this rewatch for this week's episode
2: uh... my first experience was actually when uh, i believe a technology guy from best buy was in my home setting something up and I saw it as it was the first time I had seen I believe a 4k movie on my screen and it blew me away and I asked him what it was and he said he was showing the Martian. So after he left I I sat down and watched the whole thing. Um, The new surround sound system and some higher quality television. So um, it was in my
1: living room enjoying some new technology. Uh, This is one that I definitely saw in the theater. Um, As you mentioned, this is my pick for the month, and it is right up my alley on a couple of different levels. I I certainly love space movies and sci-fi movies, but especially uh, futuristic ones that are based in feasible reality, and so was excited about that. And then you add in Matt Damon, who is one of my all-time favorite actors, uh, and it was a no-brainer for me to go to the theater and see this one.
0: Yeah, I also saw this in theaters. I don't think I brought in as much excitement as it sounds like Mike did. Uh, This was just simply my college roommate and I had nothing to do on a Friday afternoon uh, after class. And the movie looked somewhat entertaining. Uh, And it seems to be, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler for how my opinion of this movie is going to unfold. But it's almost when your expectations are the lowest and it's just kind of a random little trip to the theater it's the movies that you end up having the best experience with and remembering the most and that was just kind of one of those movies that my roommate and I if you listen to the the old podcast uh Phil uh we'll still call him that as we did back then uh it was just kind of one of those movies that we just always went back to um and would rewatch together because we really enjoyed seeing it in theaters together that day and uh I've seen it now this is not my 25th time, maybe my 5th time seeing this movie, and I've, I've enjoyed it uh, every single time since. So it's, it was... not,
2: it's not a bad enough movie to watch 25 times. No, yes. good,
0: goodness no. Uh, it's far too good. I don't want to uh, ruin my palate uh, by having too much of it. Um, but let's dive into it, guys, the way uh, that we do when we talk about how good or bad uh, a movie is on the show. And that's playing the Rotten Tomatoes game, Brad Beat Me... Uh, last time when we were recording for History of Violence, he got me by 1%. I think he actually got it right on the number, I, if I, I remember right. I don't remember. Um, so, Brad, you are going to go first with your guess of what the Sitting Rotten Tomato score is. Mike will have the opportunity to snipe you one way or the other. So, Brad, what do you think the score is for The Martian?
2: so i think these movies usually score pretty well um plus it is it does star matt damon and it is a uh it's it's a good movie um so it's if if you're grading it on a uh, our old school grading scale it would be somewhere between 90 and 100 i would guess um but i don't think it's quite up there with you know one of his other movies of like goodwill hunting in the high 90s so i'm gonna go low 90s um, and i think if i just go with 90 it makes it too easy for mike to have the rest of the 90s to 100 so i'm going to give him i'm going to shade up just a little bit and let him decide if it's if it's not if it's 90 or below or 92 or higher cuz i'm going to land i i don't know if i want to go 91 or 92 um i'm going to go with 91 in hopes that uh yeah, I, I guess to me that just makes it harder for Mike.
1: Yeah, it's right in the range that I think this movie probably settled, um, and so it, it's a coin toss. I'll go with a ninety-two, Woo! but uh, I made it tougher. But yeah, I mean, I think right in that range, in between eighty-nine and ninety-three, I would have a very high confidence rating that it probably fits somewhere in there.
0: So, I will say this movie, hundred million dollar budget, made six hundred and thirty million. So for being in October, clearly trying to go after Academy Awards, for which it was nominated seven times, um, it it succeeded on all fronts. The critics and the audience had the exact same score. Everyone was in agreement on this movie, and it shows. And our first time back sitting together, we have someone hit the nail right on the head both again, the critics you? and the audience have this as a 91 oh let's go on Rotten Tomatoes so Brad wins he will keep his seat uh, for Ooh. next week and we all see how
1: Brad likes to set it up so oh, that yeah. the audience thinks that I cheated when clearly he did <laughs>
0: yes. yes. Um,
1: you know but uh, but the acting is part of it Brad You did true. a good job of trying to, trying to sell it to, you Thank know you. Kudos to you I need with the, the win. I want the
2: award for acting now. Uh, question. If I had gone with 92 like I wanted, would you have gone above or would you have stayed below and, and taken the, the victory?
1: I think, that, uh, I think that it would have been tough for me at a 92 to go 93, but... Um, you know, ninety-one, like I said, is kind of right in the dead center of that interval range that I had in my mind. Um, so, yeah, you did a good job. Pick the right number. You, you bought, you boxed me out uh, by just, uh, you know, by cheating and picking the exact number. <laughs> it is hard to win this game when, yeah, the when you're picking when picks you're picks the perfect. right number because I can't say push.
0: that's yeah. True. Right. Um, so, the next question then that follows this, as we get into our experience uh, with this movie, is: Is Rotten Tomatoes correct? And in this case, are the audience and the critics correct usually we get to have some a little bit of conversation about what the discrepancy is they're very rare i I mean i would say a handful of times uh if that that we've had the exact same number uh on both so is rotten tomatoes correct is this movie a 91 percent You've kind of already heard my answer. I think emphatically yes. I think this is the exact definition, especially the genre that it's in, what it's trying to do. It's trying to go get Academy Awards while also still being a movie that entertains the broader audience, which is a pretty pretty tight, narrow field that it's going for. I think it hits a home run. I've loved it since the first time I saw it. Where are you guys at? Is Rotten Tomatoes correct at a 91%?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think absolutely. I, I'm in pretty I'm pretty much agreeing with Mike. It's somewhere in that 89 to 90, 93 range So if it had gone up a couple points or down a couple
1: points, I'd still think it was right So yeah, 91 is absolutely right. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that it accomplished again i say said this a lot, but it accomplished what it set out to do. It was a good adaptation as I understand it of the book I've never read the book Um, but a lot of the, you know, back around the time that this came out, I read a number of kind of articles on it, critiquing it. They felt like it was a good take on the book. Um, and I think that it was extremely engaging, especially considering the fact that large parts of this movie, as we're going to talk about, are a guy by himself. And, you know, you, you think of movies that do that and do it well, Castaway immediately comes to mind, right? Um... But I think that Matt Damon did well. The writing was was well done, and ultimately, I see this as yeah a low nineties movie probably. It's it's not an all timer for me. You know, Brad mentions Goodwill Hunting, which is certainly up there. Um, it's not a movie that I would absolutely like go to to battle for, so to speak. Um,
0: but it's certainly uh, a pretty high quality film. I think you made a good point uh, bringing up the comparison to Castaway and is a great movie, Tom Hanks gives a great performance. For me, if I'm saying what's more rewatchable, I'm going to pick this movie ten times out of ten because of the thing that I think ends up being my favorite part of this movie that surprised me the most. Um, I did hear, I found out it was a book, like the day I was going to go to see it, I didn't know that, and someone said on a podcast or something that the book was very funny. And I remember the previews did not lean into that, so I was kind of confused about how this would be funny and i think that's what really lends itself to the rewatchability why i love this movie so much at certain points it's hysterical and it is because matt damon is so charismatic the funniest parts are him by himself his reactions to the craziness of the situation that he's in and then the other side of it uh where you know castaway is so centrally focused on tom hanks because it's supposed to be the when they do cut back to Earth or to the spaceship, I really, really appreciate all of the dynamics and the relationships mm-hmm. of the people outside of just Matt Damon. I've always been a huge fan such a big fan that I'm gonna blank on his Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. That it came to me there. I've always been such a huge fan of him. I know that everybody just instantly goes to Dumb and Dumber. He's so accomplished as not a comedic actor. Um, I love the newsroom he, he's had so many dramatic roles and he's fantastic I think in this uh, in those moments, even someone down to like I, I'm not a Kristen Wiig fan but the scenes that she's in in this just being very dramatic, not being funny she does a really good job And they leave all the comedy on the table for Matt Damon to do and I think wisely because if it was just sadness when you were with him this movie would be depressing, it's two and a half hours and if there was no levity for his character, it'd be really hard to watch. Um, and I think it also then makes you appreciate even more when he finally is saved because he's able to kind of release too. So um, I think the the way that all plays out is fantastic. Um, we, we can talk about the cast. We just talked about Matt Damon a couple of weeks ago um, with Rounders. And we, and,
1: and we found out that Brad doesn't like him anymore.
0: Right. We found out that Brad is just no longer a Matt Damon fan because he feels like he can't be. Um, I'll say this. I'll throw this out there and leave it to you guys. He got nominated for this, uh, and I think deservedly so. I don't know if this is his best performance. Of course, you got to go back to Goodwill Hunting and or even The Departed, something like that. I think the more I rewatch this movie, this is the performance I'm most impressed with, because he's by himself. That right there just puts you in a spot where it's it's so hard to judge it against other things, and the fact that he's able to carry. of his time on screen by himself and be as entertaining as he is, I think it's the most impressed I've ever been with Matt Damon.
2: Yeah, so I guess here's where I'm going to compare this with Castaway and I'm going to compare Matt Damon and Tom Hanks. Um, I think Tom Hanks gave a better performance um, when it comes to just carrying a movie because in some ways, he's not alone in this. Like, in some ways, he's still, uh, you know, he's making video recordings. He's he's sending transmissions. Uh, he finally connects, uh, you know, via the... I don't remember what the... The computer, the, the laptop. Yeah, the, yeah. The, lap, the laptop because it's on the, the rover or something like that. And, you know, I think where he doesn't know that people are looking for him or trying to get back to him, I think he assumes but we know that the whole time so we know that he's not alone and i think that's where people connect with this movie more so than castaway is that we can relate to the idea of feeling alone knowing that people are on our side working for us even if we don't always feel it like it's a huge connection to think you know what even when we feel alone there's people that have our back there's people that are trying to lift us up there's people trying to help and i think in castaway if i remember correctly they just wrote him off as dead. Yep. They quit searching. He had to save himself. He had a volleyball to talk to. He didn't have any kind of connection with anybody else. So while he was far away, for half of this movie, he was interacting with people. Um, he even had people that were there living with him. So he had their things left behind. He had ways to connect to them you know tom hanks had whatever things were in fedex packages that washed up on shore you know so i think that there's two differences and i think that's also why castaway is a harder watch because people don't want to think oh if i was ever alone people are going to give up on me um and think i'm dead and stop looking so i think that yes the martian is more rewatchable but as far as performances go and when you compare the two i think tom hanks um killed it and i think matt damon would probably admit that like i pro he, he would probably admit that he you know forged this character in in homage to tom hanks in some ways in the performance that he gave so um not knocking the martian at all i, I really enjoyed it uh, i think i ranked it just outside of our top 20 on the uh, maybe 21 22 somewhere in there on our list but uh yeah, I think that's where I fall. As far as his best performance, you know, obviously I've got Good Will Hunting above this. Um, but this this could be second because he kind of gets lost in the Ocean movies. He gets lost a little bit in um The Departed. He gets uh, you know, there's quite a uh, a few good actors in in Rounders. You know, I I don't know what else we would put up there as far as his Mount Rushmore, but um this is definitely on his
1: Mount Rushmore of top performances when when push comes to shove. Well, and I, as I'm looking at my list right now, I had this a little higher than you. I had it at 13, but Matt Damon, um, not the not necessarily the lead in each of these, but uh, has a, a part at least in five of my top 13 movies that we've done because he also, of course, was in Interstellar, yep. um, which is up there for me. And then along with with rounders and then. Uh, the Departed and Good Will Hunting are both inside my top four, um, so it, he continues to to pick winning movies. You know, Brad, I think that you did a good job of uh, critiquing some of the differences between Hanks' performance and Castaway. I think your your critiques are fair, so I won't really belabor those. Um, but what I will say is, you know, he Matt Damon. I think the challenge for his career, right, such as it is, is that his first movie, so to speak, his first big movie. Goodwill Hunting. He knocked out of the park in a way that most actors do their entire career and never hit that peak, and so he probably will never hit that peak again. But to say that that's a problem in his career, I mean, you know, I just listed five movies, um, and then that doesn't include the Bourne movies or the Ocean's movies or any of these other movies that he is he's very good in. Um, you know, there's some new ones that I think you had mentioned, Ethan, that I haven't seen yet that he was he was good in.
0: Yeah. I, so I mean, if I was just ranking. Just the best performances he's ever given. Good Will Hunting. Then it would be this, and a movie that came out last year called Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly enough, I know like a, nobody went and saw Stillwater. It was fantastic, and it was not because it was a great movie. It was because for two hours and twenty minutes, Matt Damon gave amazing work. Um. So so it's up there. I mean, yes, there's still a gap up to Good Will Hunting, of course, but it, it's up there, and yeah. so is this.
1: And so yeah, I think ultimately to answer your question, is this his best performance? I think it is probably his most impressive performance, um, because he doesn't have a force of nature like Robin Williams to play off of, um, or any of the number of other people in the other movies we've talked about. You know, he's I love him in The Departed, but man, like right. it's hard to say that he wins that movie. I think Leo probably does, but either way, they're right there, right? right. Um, and so. I think his performance in this, the humor he brings into it, the levity, but then in those moments where he lets the emotion out, where you see that, um, I mean, it is it's soul crushing. And um, you know, the one similarity he did know throughout this movie, right, that people were looking for him for most of it, but it was how he responded, as he realized initially, I'm probably gonna die here. And then rather than just wallowing in that, said, well, my best chance is to wait four years, so how do I find a way to take 300 days of food and find a way to get to four years? And I think before he realized that they were looking for him and knew that he was there, the way he went about that was similar to Hank's in that regard. And um, Yeah, an impressive performance.
0: I think just looking at, I, I wanted to pull up, you know, who did he lose to and best actor? And as I'm scrolling through, I think the biggest legacy that this movie will end up having was what if it would have come out in a different year other than 2015? Because it, so, I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture, which it loses to Spotlight, and it's not a better movie than spotlight in everything all told maybe more fun to watch but spotlight is probably a better movie mad max also came out that year which we did way back in the early stages of this podcast i think we would all agree that mad max fury road is probably a better movie as good as this movie may be he loses the acting award to leonardo dicaprio and the revenant he was also up against michael fassbender and steve jobs who i think actually should have won that year so powerhouse is there Uh, the writing, it loses to the Big Short, which is just such a quickly... I mean, you've got to be a genius to write the Big Short. And then I'm thinking, well, how did it lose out on any of the technical awards? Because it's nominated for sound editing and special effects, things like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mad Max came out. That's right. So, like, it's fantastic and probably could win any of those categories. Maybe not Best Picture any year, but could win a lot, a lot of years. 2015 was a powerhouse year, but this is definitely one of the powerhouses that came out in that year. Um, Looking around the rest of the cast, there's way too many people to go through the entire cast and talk about all of them. Are there any highlights that you guys remove Matt Damon from this movie? Who's the next person up for MVP that that carries through uh, for you the scenes that Matt Damon's not a part of? That you most enjoyed seeing when the camera would cut away from Mars?
2: Um this doesn't directly answer your question because you said who's who's carrying the movie but I think the performance that was under the radar was was Donald Glover um in the few scenes that he was in figuring out the the math to get him back and the in the way to do it and you know walking in and saying put that phone down now and getting people to listen to him and you know mm-hmm. even the 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 funniness of he spit something into his trash can and then realize the trash can had holes in it you know just even the the humor in that um he's a very very underrated actor um always good in what what he does um and good rapper on top of that so very talented individual so i'm i'm going to shout out
1: donald glover for his performance in this yeah you had, you had mentioned uh, jeff daniels uh, earlier and I actually think, you know, at this point in his career, we can say that Dun & Dumber's more impressive because of how exceptional of a dramatic actor right. he is. Um, I actually, I, I barely started watching it, but started watching a, a show, and I'm blanking on the name right now, but that he he's in uh, about the um, investigation into terrorism prior to September 11th. Okay. Um, and he's exceptional in that. Um, and so the looming tower there you go the looming tower thank you you, you got it um and ultimately uh, he's great i do want to give the shout out kind of in the same way that brad did to sean bean who um i really enjoyed his performance in it and i i really like him as an actor anytime he shows up i'm 100 percent there so was glad to see him in this again i'd
0: forgotten he was in it great role the first time i saw this Because I love Sean Bean, and we walked on screen, I was like, "How in the world are they going to find some random way to kill him? Why would they do like? Why is there just going to be some car accident where he dies for no reason? Is that going to be how they end up? Another setback? So I was glad to see Sean Bean just survive an entire movie. That's right. Um, But yeah, I already alluded to it, and you said, I mean, it's for me, it is Jeff Daniels. I just get so excited when he's on screen. Like I said, the newsroom is one of my maybe five favorite shows ever, um, and it's because of him he had a great 2015 I said that Michael Fassbender should have won for Steve Jobs this was the year of uh, Jeff Daniels just being a powerhouse supporting actor because he's also in that if you guys have seen that movie and his scenes in that again it's only like three scenes because that movie is kind of just three big scenes he's amazing in all of them Um, the question is why did they cast Kristen Wiig in the role that they did like it's such a waste of talent
2: she showed next to no emotion through the whole thing even with the the intense stuff that's going on that she's trying to help figure out was very just deadpan through the whole thing and it it's it's curious as to why they thought yeah this is a good use of casting her in this role you know um I don't know if it's just to get her in the in the same orbit with some of these other actors to connect her to them but it's just an interesting choice um when they didn't
0: use any of her skills um in this role my best guess is that this was just a time where you know she'd been doing despicable me and she got into anchorman 2 this is the peak of her being you know probably the the lead female on snl and her agent probably said what do you want to do do you want to just do comedies the rest of your life or do you want to try this and she went in it and then I don't, maybe she didn't enjoy it because she responded from being in The Martian with being in Zoolander and Sausage Party and Ghostbusters. So she definitely leaned back into uh, the other. But if I remember right, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head.
2: But she has other dramatic roles where she she can bring it as a dramatic actor. Um, there's one or two that I think I've seen her, in, unless I'm just confusing her with somebody else, I know that most of her career is just you know stupid comedy but I think she's got that Adam Sandler type arc where if you put her in the right role, um, she, she can bring it just like Sandler did, you know, or has uh, several times in mm-hmm. those movies. But is, am I confusing her with somebody or is there I, movies that are coming up?
0: I'm that, pretty out on Kristen Wiig. I've just never really been a huge fan. So I do know well, she may have, I'll look at her IMDB while you talk about some other, I things. think the only other person to really bring up that had like a big, significant role in this is Jessica Chastain. Um, and she's fantastic. We've mentioned her a couple times before, but it's just the run that she went on, um, which really—I mean, you know—Zero Dark Thirty, start in twenty twelve, and she follows that up with Interstellar. This, I mean, that's a that's a three movie run that has carried her a long way. Um, some of the movies she's been in have been misses since then that are aren't her fault. Um, but she is someone who every time she signs on to do a movie could win an Academy award. And I think she's fantastic, especially in these three.
2: I think the one that, uh, really comes to mind. Well, the, the two, I think we're downsizing and, um, secret life of Walter Mitty*. Those two, okay. I think yep. were the ones that, that kind of stand out. Now, are they huge dramatic roles? No, but, but she definitely, uh, held her own
1: in those. So, um, yeah she's definitely a good a good actress yeah i think just uh, as you mentioned that run that she's had uh has in 12 with uh with zero dark 30 and then moving through interstellar and then to the martian um definitely shows her ability and and some good stuff as you look at some of the other movies as well um talented uh talented actress
2: uh what well, let... kate, kate Mara too i mean Yep. Yeah. She's in a few scenes. I mean, she's in most of the movie, but she's really focused on in a few scenes, but I think she did great in this as well.
0: I think they all did. I mean, the whole flight crew. Michael Peña, I always love seeing on screen. Special mm-hmm. Stan, you know, it's good to see him do work. That's not the Winter Soldier, because I think he's pretty talented. Um, I have no idea what the name of the guy is. That's like Kate Mara's husband. I don't know if they're married, but love interest that's also on the crew, the bald guy. They all do great um, when they cut to them. All, all those actors have really good chemistry together. I didn't even make the connection
2: that that was Winter Soldier in this movie until you just said it.
0: Yeah, he he. it's so weird, because he looks like himself always, but there is something about when he's Winter Soldier and when he's not. Anything else I've ever seen him in, it, he it looks like a different, I know it's him, but there is always that second that it takes me to like, oh yeah, that's Sebastian Stan not doing
2: and are we just leaving him out because we don't want to try to say his name? For? Uh, okay,
0: if so that's, yeah. so that's
2: what you say, that's uh, a, that's the Den- most. Yeah, Denyvele uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah, everybody in this is fantastic. Um, Benedict Wong's in it too, and I love love Benedict Wong. Uh, let's keep it rolling, guys. With favorite scene, what was your favorite scene from The Martian?
1: Oh wow, yeah, it's cool. a tough one. So I think I'll, I'll go first. I think that uh, it is a tough one because so many of the scenes do bleed together, um, especially the scenes with Damon on Mars, even as you're jumping ahead days. Uh, I will lean towards, I think, the scene where the uh, the potato farm is destroyed, um, his response to that, and just the the feeling that you have of, like, up until that point, it, it seemed like in spite of all the odds, this guy was just going to, um, you know favorite favorite line as well right but he was just going to science the shit out of everything yep. and find a way to basically make mars livable and you know i'll just uh, staple myself up and then i'll find a way to make food and then i'll do this and you know i'll be able to make it so that this rover can drive, travel long distances and it's not a problem you know and so you start to think like almost well why did they why did they bail in the face of this storm like Clearly, this wasn't that big of a deal. This one guy was able to do it by himself. And then that happens, and you go, oh, right. He has been literally threading a needle right. and has been you know, walking on that edge, and all it takes is just the tiniest push for this entire thing to end, end in disaster. And the hopelessness that you see from him in that response, um, I think great acting from Matt Damon, but in particular, the way they had set that all up when he goes in and sees that all of that food's destroyed is such a gut punch for you as an audience member. Um, that's where the value is in that. So that's where that becomes my favorite scene. That
0: scene, to, that, that was, I think, thinking back to that scene, that's when I knew that this was going to be one of my favorite movies of that year. Um, because I was so invested. You are so invested in this. And when that happens, it is. It's, it's so heartbreaking. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the movie, the most heartbreaking part, the most heartbreaking thing you're going to see today is some potatoes get destroyed. I'm like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. But it is, and that goes into my favorite scene, which is the successful creation of the potato farm. Um, because you do, you get that, well, he's like, I'm going to science the shit out of it. And you're just instantly engaged with, like, well, how, how are you going to do that? You can't grow food on this planet. And just watching him break down... The little things he says, which I think is, you know, some of the best humor of the movie is just the things he says to himself, but, you know, he knows the, the recipe to create water. We're going to have to do this and this and this, and him explaining it in a way that yes, this is clearly very complicated, but they explain it in such a way that you can keep up and you can understand what he's about to do, and he blows himself up, which he says and admits, and then when he finally does get, you see that just something, a simple image of water just dripping down that mm-hmm. that plastic sheet and you know that he succeeded in, you know taking care of the plants and all that stuff that's my favorite scene just because that is what this movie is him just creating answers to problems and you get to see that whole process dragged out right there so it's kind of a longer scene but just that whole him actually getting the potatoes to grow yeah uh mine's
2: kind of a cheat i'm gonna say it's it's really like the last 25 minutes um because the way this worked for me, I was watching the movie um, later at night, Started to, my eyelids started to get heavy, so I shut it off, and I had to come back the next day to watch the last 25 minutes. And instantly, you're just pulled right back in, and then you just, you're going through this roller coaster of emotions, and you feel it, and you're like, okay, this movie really has me bought in, even though I had to take a break, go to bed, come back, um, and really, really enjoyed that even the part at the end and this is where I think both he and Tom Hanks killed it in in the area that's it's uh, probably a little underappreciated is the nuance of how awkward it must be now to think they were going to die alone somewhere and now they're back around people um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen castaway uh, he does get off the island so to to see him in that classroom where he's standing up there making jokes and he's pretending to feel comfortable in there and you could just tell the way he acted that scene and the way he carried himself is this is the most uncomfortable I've been um and maybe in some ways uh was is longing to <laughs> to be back where where he was you know because that had become his life and what was going to be his reality and when the in and, and Mike's scene where that where those potatoes get destroyed he's Right back to where he's like, okay, I'm gonna die here, you know, Um, and just really, really well acted there at the end when um, he makes that joke about eating his own poop or something. But you can tell that he's still just not comfortable around people.
0: So that last 20 25 minutes is my favorite scene. Favorite line, uh, which might be harder for me even than the favorite scene, there's so many just humorous lines. Um, I think for me, it's his explanation of why he's a space pirate. I think that that whole thing, I mean, I won't read the whole thing, but he's going through the laws of being on open water and stuff like that, and then he just ends it with, I'm Mark Watney, space pirate. And I think that little monologue is a perfect explanation of what his character is. Um, he's a smart ass, uh, and he knows it, and he doesn't care. And if anybody else doesn't like it, he's going to bring them along because you all are home on Earth and I'm stuck on this planet, so indulge me a little bit. Um, and so I think that whole thing is just great. I think it's hilarious. Um, and again, kind of with some of the science stuff, everything he says is correct. And it's kind of interesting because he is this really incredibly smart guy. And while being a smart guy, he's still a smart ass. So I think that's my favorite line is the explanation of how he comes to be Mark Watney, space pirate.
2: Yeah, even though Mike kind of already shared his, if that is his answer to the question, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same one that you did, Ethan, but for a different reason. Because as he was saying that, I'm picturing uh, a real NASA scientist, not Matt Damon playing a NASA scientist, being uh, or a botanist, I guess, being in space on Mars, and it's a perfect line because you know, you know, our pick the nerdiest person you know, the smartest person you know, and you know they're going to have that line of, I'm a space pirate. Like, it was so perfect because, you know, you chuckle because Matt Damon's saying it. If if our nerdy friend says it, you kind of are going to roll your eyes because you also expect that person to do it because they probably also, you know, blurt out random things at random times and say those lines uh, in, in other places. So that got a chuckle out of me because it actually felt very perfect for what a nasa botanist would do realizing that he can be the cool guy be the pirate you know um even though he lives a cooler life than all of us already because he's he's an astronaut so um yeah it it was a it was a good line for sure
1: the only other one i'll I'll throw out again very simple very short to the point no i will not turn the beat around (laughs) and again it's just the humor that he brought into so many of those scenes by himself pretty good stuff
0: uh, yeah, this was this was a fun one. It was a good one to start uh, our kind of I don't know new phase here, recording together in person. We hope everybody else enjoyed uh, either seeing The Martian for the first time or rewatching it yet again. Learn that, guys. For Mike, for Brad, I'm Ethan. We'll see you next time.